0: alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the dunya once again. We are joined with the three Muslims, myself, brother Rami, and brother Anhel, and we are joined with a very special guest. Assalamualaikum.
1: Waikasalam wabarakatuh.
0: So, um, before we get started, for any of our viewers who are not up to speed with your amazing work, mashallah. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background and introduction? You can go as deep as your upbringing you're coming into Islam, or you can be as brief as maybe some of the education that you've
1: gone through. First of all, I would like to thank you, really, and I'd like to thank the podcast, it has been a great show. I've seen quite some of them and I enjoyed. it. Uh, I enjoy it. It's very, very young. It's really for the young audience. And uh, I think that's what we need. We need that um it is different to sit there with two three other academics and have a high level discussion and talk about the latest books that we all wrote and pat each other on on each other's shoulders so that's that's a totally different situation here and i I really think we have to go on the level of um the youngsters who would like to um experience this dean in a different way as i think i have experienced it and i experience it on a daily basis um i always say listen one thing my, my background is I'm of Greek origin, okay, grew up in Germany, um, was there until I was 22, 23. I moved away from Germany, went to Holland, got to know my wife there. She is originally from South America, from a country which was a Dutch colony, not Spanish and not Portuguese, but Dutch. And I met her in Amsterdam. And I told her, listen, I like your style, I like everything, but you know what, I'm a Muslim. And she was like, okay. And I was like, okay, listen, what do you mean with okay? I mean, I thought you would run the opposite direction. It was like, no, 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 you know, I, I actually, my best friends are Moroccans. I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. So they brought us together, mashallah. That is my wife and she's my backbone, mashallah. Very important. So I was a Muslim and I became Muslim 30 years ago, alhamdulillah. And what led me to Islam is exactly my work that I'm doing now. My first, my, the main push was actually history. I used to obviously go to school, as we all did. And at school, it was a topic which really, I personally had a lot of interest in history in many parts of the world. I love languages. I love different cultures. I love different people. I wanted to go out. I wanted to experience the world and wanted to travel. Wanted actually a job in tourism. And I was actually working in tourism in Greece for a while. Um, And I wanted to experience life. And Islam was actually a belief in a God was something that was in the way at the beginning. I thought that believing in God, being a religious person, is quite boring. You know, you can't really live life, okay? And I thought that if you believe in a God, you must be somewhere sitting at home, not doing anything, reading the Bible or the Quran or whatever it is, and that's about it. But that's not entirely true. I discovered myself after I'd looked into Buddhism. I'd looked into many other religions. I've traveled a lot. I went to South America. I went to Africa. I went to Asia. And I I always came across Islam. And I always pushed it away. I was like, come on, man. What is this Islam thing every time? I want to live life. You know, I don't want... Isn't there something better than that? But what um, made it very important for me to look deeper into Islam was our Islamic history with regards to the Balkans meaning my country, Greece, originally, uh, was part of the Ottoman Empire. And the Greeks, until now, they keep telling each other how bad that time was and how all these Turkish Ottomans, how they actually raped our women, killed our children, and enslaved the whole nation. And then I look deeper into this history, and my best friends in Germany were Turks. So I couldn't believe that these people enslaved us, and these people thought that we were inferior to them and all this stuff. So I looked into history and I found out that indeed, um, I would say two thirds of what they were telling us and teaching us was a lie. So I thought, okay, if they lied about our history, what about lying about Islam? So history brought me to Islam. And I discovered that indeed, Greek school where I used to go, lied indeed about Islam, about the Ottomans, about our history. So it's like, this is crazy. And I felt betrayed. There was a time I was going around And I was angry. I was upset. I was upset on my teachers. I was upset with my with the school system, with education system. And um, I decided basically to look deeper into Islam and decided to. Well, I turned a bit towards Arabic, started learning Arabic, um, made me made me look more Arab you know, with a thobe and all this stuff, you know, all these things that at the beginning when you become Muslim or when you come back to the deen, as we all realize, I think here, you start to be really like, it, it, the enthusiasm is over-enthusiasm, a very, very big enthusiasm for the deen, which is great because the deen is fantastic. However, 30 years later, of course, you come the more down to, to, to earth, you realize that the deen is great, but you have to also live it properly. So what happened that time, I did... Um, pushed away my Greek roots because I thought it was crazy and terrible what they taught us there. But then I realized after several years of getting into the Dean and finding out more about the Dean, I realized, no, that we actually, especially us reverts, we have to be the ones to go back to our people and actually tell them the truth now. Because as I was lied to, others are lied to as well. Okay? So now we have to go back. That is our task. And I realized that after, again, I traveled a lot I got married, alhamdulillah, and I realized that that's what we have to do. Not not only the next generation that's coming, but also the people whom I'm dealing with on a daily basis, they deserve to hear the truth. And that's when my life changed drastically. I uh, became a lecturer. I started actually working at universities, working at colleges. Um, I used to go back to my parents a lot, which I at the beginning didn't, um, because they were very negative towards me, of course. And uh, that um, made me, I think, also a better person. I realized that Islam is uh, really not just reading the Quran and praying five times a day, but there's much, much more to it. And uh, it became my identity and I'm very proud of it. And that's what I keep saying also in lectures. I am proud of having chosen to be a Muslim. I am not proud of being Greek. I'm not proud of being white, black, yellow, green. I cannot be proud, proud of these things. You have to be proud of what you can choose. I didn't choose to be what I am now. I didn't choose my color of the skin. I didn't choose the way I look. I chose to be a Muslim. And this is what makes me proud, alhamdulillah. And I keep saying that also to born Muslims. One thing, look into the deen, and then you choose because you will once end up at the point, even if you are born Muslim, that you have to choose. Is this something that I want to do? And and then you have to choose. And once you have chosen, be proud of what you have chosen, mashallah. So, Again, we can go on the whole time talking about me. I don't want to do that, but uh, that gives you an idea of how I entered actually the dean and what made me the person I am now. And uh, I've in the last four, five, six years, I've travelled a lot. Uh, I've been to many, many countries and nearly all continents actually, and uh, have delivered a lot of lectures and a lot of presentations with regards to my story, but also history in general, what does it mean, why is it important, why do we need to learn history? So all this um, opened the doors for me to become a Muslim and to become a better Muslim, Alhamdulillah, after 30 years.
0: Alhamdulillah, uh, man, mashallah, jazakoum, okay, for the intro. I just wanted to say that if you were my history teacher growing up, I wouldn't look at history the same way that I do today because in the back of my mind, I have this boring teacher talking. They, he, he's doing it for money, right? He's not even interested in uh, in teaching history. He's just reading off of PowerPoint saying, you know, there's uh, lots of dates and and cities and countries and these different wars. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, I'm just trying to pass the course and then move on with my life, right? But subhanAllah, I'm very interested Um, in, like many of the viewers might might uh be in the same boat. I also will be uh, learning a lot too so this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm looking forward to uh, seeking a lot of knowledge
1: inshallah inshallah indeed inshallah there's always something history you're absolutely right everybody thinks that it's one of the most boring subjects actually that exists in the school, school curriculum but the way it's delivered is a problem uh, as you mentioned yourself I mean it is most of the times some kind of boring old man sitting there in front and looking at their paycheck at the end of the month And there is no real enthusiasm for the topic. There is no real enthusiasm for what they're teaching. And this really is a killer. It is a killer. And it's a killer for most of the people who actually don't want to deal with history later in their lives. But um, there is much more to it. And again, history is identity. And not only as a Muslim, but especially as a Muslim, of course, you see how history, um, um, the importance of history as a Muslim, because Allah describes in the Quran, in various verses, in various ayahs in the Quran, the importance of history, what he did, and I'm paraphrasing, what he did to the people in the past who disobeyed him, what, uh, how he made the people rise and others uh, fell. And we see it on a daily basis. And I keep saying also, don't forget the people are up now, up there, they will once fall. That is, that is typical history. That is what the history of humanity is. Um, even our brothers in Myanmar, for example, now in Burma, if you look at um, the persecution of, of, of our brothers in, in, in that part of the world, they once had an empire, brothers. These people in Myanmar and Burma, once they were ruling an empire in the whole Southeast Asia. And now they are persecuted, now they're refugees. But this is exactly what humanity is. That's exactly what's happening to us. We should never be arrogant and look down on other people just because we have reached a certain stage at this moment in our life. Because maybe in 10 years, we are there where the people are we're mocking at this moment, okay? And this history has shown exactly that. In history, that is a typical result of history that once people were up there, look now. Look at Greece, the ancient Greek civilization, okay? What a wonderful civilization, I mean, fantastic a lot of things that we can take from them. But look at Greece now. You know, we've become a third world country, if not even a fourth world country, you know, if it does exist. So anyway, Greece has become a country which nobody, everybody mocks, everybody laughs at now. It, the, one of the worst economic crises ever. Why is it like this? And many countries are like this. Many peoples are like this. Many, many, that's, that's throughout, history, throughout history, throughout humanity we'll find it, SubhanAllah. So, and I think this is the major, the main lesson we should take from our history As people, as humanity, as humankind, we have to understand that once we were up there and we will for sure fall, that is the sunnah of Allah in history. No people has ever made more than a thousand years. Nobody. Nobody. There's no empire that lasted longer than a thousand years. Do you know that? No empire has lasted longer than a thousand years. That means that um, for sure, um, there is no empire that's going to last longer than a thousand years. Okay, that's the sunnah of Allah. That's the sunnah of history. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I just wanted to say, uh, um, the,
0: the whole cliche, history repeats itself. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's well,
1: life. it is a cliche, but you know, it is pretty true. <laughs> I remember... Yeah, I had, in, things I are cliches for some reason, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I had a conversation with Sheikh Hadam Al-Hadati in London. And I remember when we met first, the very first day, it was really interesting because we didn't know each other before we just heard from each other and I met him at his place he invited me and um, I asked him actually it was him who said uh, listen I don't believe in the cliche history repeats itself so okay you would have to tell me why I said it is a cliche it's true but there's a reason why it has become a cliche you know, so he said, eh, "That's that's a typical historian speaking." He said, "Because you look at it from your perspective." I said, "Yes, but you look at his at life from your perspective." So everybody looks at life from their perspective. So of course, um, somebody who is a business owner has a different outlook in life than somebody who's a historian, somebody who is, a, I don't know, a politician. Whatever else, so everybody has a certain outlook in life. And of course, that's how it is. That's, that's true. But shouldn't a historian be somebody who actually should be listened to? Because a, a historian has looked in the past and they've seen the mistakes that we have made as people, and we should try to avoid them. And it might sound like a cliche, but history repeats itself. And unfortunately, it will repeat itself most probably again, because we as people don't learn. If there's something that we have learned from history, it's that we as people do not learn, okay? And this is sad, very sad.
2: Um, so I guess that kind of goes into uh, the importance of learning history. I'm trying to remember the saying. Uh, it slipped my mind now, but I, uh, it really struck me when I first heard it. If I remember, I'll say it, inshallah. But um, so aside from that, what would be the importance of learning history?
1: Um, many big people have spoken about um, the importance of history, actually, uh, and it was as far as I remember, Napoleon himself who said, one thing that we have learned from history is that we haven't learned anything. Um, that, that, that's one thing. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself actually in the Quran mentions so many verses, and I would like actually to, 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 to just uh, quote some of them, two or three of them, which are extremely important, okay? and. Just to promote my book again, The Islamic History of Europe, by the way, this is, uh, this is an alternative textbook um, which uh, gives you an idea of what happened to Europe and how Islam became part of Europe and not something, as they say, alien to Europe. But if you look at Allah in Surat ghafir for example, he says the following, and I'm going to read it out in English. Have they not traveled in the land to see the nature of the consequences for those who disbelieve before them? They were mightier than these in power and in the traces which they left behind them in the earth. Yet Allah sees them for their sins and they had no protector for Allah. Subhanallah. I find it a powerful ayah. Allah is talking about the people in the past. And that he's talking about have they not traveled. So again, it's an order. Travel guys. Go and see what has happened to the people before me, before you. Go and see what happened to these peoples, what happened to these civilizations, what I did to them. Um, another one said, Surah Al-Mu'minun, for example, no nation can advance its time, nor can they postpone it. When the time is there, the time is there. That's it. That's the end of it. You cannot postpone it. You cannot ask Allah to take you back. You cannot, a people cannot change what they did. That's it, end of story. That's it, you know? They have worked towards that, and they get the result, the result is coming out towards them. Um, and last one, Surah Kaf. how many generations before them who were more powerful than they did we destroy? They explored the lands, was there any escape? And that is a reminder for whoever possesses a heart or cares to listen and witness, subhanAllah. So Allah is telling us, and there are many, many more passages like that, and of course. Allah is telling us in the Quran, look into the past. And what does it mean? Look into the past. means, of course, find out about the past. Read about the past. Find out about these people in the past. Find out why they were up there and how they fell. And take lessons from that. Take lessons from that. So um, if Allah tells you that, um, I always have to laugh when people say, read the Quran. Absolutely. The Quran is two-thirds history. Two-thirds of the Quran is history. Now, if you look at the stories in the Quran, there is always a lesson we have to learn. Why? Because the stories are not there just to tell you some kind of... It's not entertainment. It's not entertainment. It's a lesson that we as humanity have to take from them. And the stories in history is a lesson to mankind. The stories in the Quran is a lesson to the Muslims, mashallah. So alhamdulillah, I, 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 every day and every time we talk about this issue, I thank Allah that he made me a Muslim. Alhamdulillah, he opened my eyes and opened my heart to that. And that I realized that um, there's more to life than just entertainment. And uh that history uh, opened my eyes to to reality and to the truth, Alhamdulillah. So Alhamdulillah again.
2: <laughs> alhamdulillah Ya Rabbi. Alhamdulillah. So you mentioned Islamic history, right? Um or or history in the Quran. So would you say that Islamic history starts with Islam or does Islamic history kind of predate that initial like beginning of Islam?
1: Excellent question. First of all, we have had several discussions with regards to um, Islamic history and Muslim history. Uh, is there a difference? What is Muslim history? What is Islamic history? Um, what goes around, people believe that um, you should not talk about certain things. They say that as as uh, certain things are not necessarily good and positive for us, so let's not talk, let's put it aside. So let's call this Muslim history. But Islamic history is everything that's positive and good. That's not the case, you know. Because if you look at the creation of mankind, Adam, alayhis salam of power, if we look at all these developments from that time, this is all Islamic history because in the end, Adam, alayhis salam was the first humankind, the first human, the first messenger, the first prophet on earth. First, so that that's where Islamic history starts already. So if you say... Um, mm-hmm. What is Islamic history? I would say human, human history, mankind, the history that we as people have developed and, and have come to the point that we are now, this is all Islamic history. Because in the end, we were all born, we are all born Muslims, you know that. We are all born Muslims, right? It is the parents who change us. So Islamic history is everything. So it is nonsense to say, start in 600, go to the seer of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and start from there and go on. What about before? Don't we need to know how the Arabian Peninsula, how the Arabs were, what kind of people the Arabs were, okay? What they became with Islam and how Islam changed them. We need to know these things. It doesn't start in 600, whatever. It doesn't start with the birth of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and it doesn't start with um, with his death and it doesn't stop with, let's say, the last caliber. Um, these are all things that are part of our life and should become part of our lives. We need to understand that. And all history, is part of islamic history there's nothing like a muslim history in islamic history no all of it is
2: wow subhanallah that's that's, that's really profound i uh, i can only speak for myself but i never thought about about it in that way subhanallah i think it's a uh, really impactful subhanallah all of history is, is a kind of a uh, muslim history or islamic history or yeah subhanallah wow so
3: would you start that's, from the beginning? That's man? beautiful, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, No, worries. no, worries. no that out. is, man.
0: Because when you said "Uh, you can only speak for yourself. No, nah, man. I agree. I yeah. I never thought of it like that.
3: Yeah, 100%. A like, sense. my mind's pretty blown
0: right now, to be honest with you. It's been like 10, 15 minutes only. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> We're just <at> the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Watch I think, no, the, the point is what what, what fire said before. Uh, you go through this boring school system and you do what you're told to do. You want to pass your exam, right? You want to finish high school and you want to go out there then in the world. But you have never been taught the importance of what you're supposed to be taught actually, what you're supposed to learn. and you have never been pushed to learn actually what you're supposed to learn. We have to learn. We have to learn from history. For example, it's just a history. I mean, math is important to be able to count your salary. For example, it's important to be able to go to a shop and buy things. Right? That's math. Nobody will deny that. Nobody would ever say no. You shouldn't learn how to count. Very important in our life. Um, reading, writing, very important in our life. Of course, you should be able to read and write, be able to read a book or to be able to just go to, into a shop to read something that you want to buy. Very simple, very clear things. But would anybody ever argue or, or, or would there be any, any kind of clear reason why you should learn history? Many people would say, yeah, come on, that's in the past, forget it. Very many times I've heard this one. It's in the past, forget it. I'm not living in the past, I'm living in the present. Yes, but in order to create a future, you need to understand the past. And our African-American brothers, for example, in, 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 in the States, they know very well in America, North America, they know very well what I'm talking about. If your past has been taken away from you and you're trying to find your roots, you're trying to find where you come from, who you are, where you were from originally, that is an extremely important thing for a person who doesn't know that. Imagine, maybe for somebody who's, who takes this for granted, we take it for granted. For somebody like us, let's say, we take it for granted. We know where we come from. We know ancestry. We know that that's nothing That it's of importance, of significance. But for somebody who don't know, they don't know where they come from originally. Imagine that. You know, they don't even mm-hmm. know their ancestors. They don't even know where, what kind of cultures they actually came from. The languages they spoke originally. All this. stuff. This is massive. So for that reason, as a Muslim, again, we need to know our past. We need to know where the people before us came from and why they were punished by Allah, why they were up there, why they fell. All this is very important, extremely important. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, but I, I think, think you
1: inter- interrupted you before. I'll replace
3: yeah. yeah, I want I want Rami to continue, but I think that's um, I think that's beautiful, and I think every single person has that innate, uh, genuine interest to know what happened before them. You know, like when I was a kid. Like maybe I didn't like school. Probably no kid really likes school, to be honest, except playing with your friends and going to the playground and recess and all that. But whenever I would be in history class and they'd be showing us something about uh, maybe the Romans, the Greeks, the Egyptians, I would be like, "Oh, this is interesting. Like this is this is some cool stuff." And man, like I'm I'm 27 years old now. I'm Puerto Rican, and if you look into Puerto Rican culture, like we're 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 mutts, we are a blend of like Africans, uh, Portuguese people, Native Americans, the Tainos, and all these other things. So it's like, I don't even know where I come from, you know? So I think think that's real, I think that's beautiful, and I think that's a genuine interest that every single human shares.
1: I think that's something that pushed me also towards why I love South America and Latin America. I remember when I met my wife, as I said, she's from South America, of African origin. When I met her, I remember how people were saying in Greece, yeah, hey, well, yeah, it's, it's good, you might have fun now, but what about your children later? And I'm like, what do you mean, what about my children later? Alhamdulillah, my children couldn't be more richer in, with regards to culture, civilization, and background, and languages. My wife speaks several languages, I speak several languages. My children grow up in a multilingual environment, in a multicultural environment, knowing clearly that, Their identity is being a Muslim. And it does not matter if you have a black background, white background, Greek background, whatever it might be. Okay, That's secondary. Okay, That's secondary. And they have learned that throughout their life, mashallah. My oldest one is 22 now, mashallah, um, who is looking, by the way, to get married. But my younger one is already married, mashallah. He's 20. (laughs) So my younger one is 20, he's married. And he got married to a girl who is half Pakistani, half Sudanese, mashallah. I love this. I love this. That is humanity, again, at its best. You know, that is humanity at its best. What is this trying to go back to the people and marry? You can just marry somebody of your own kind. What nonsense is that? You know, who came on this idea that you have to marry somebody from the same tribe, from the same village, from the same town, the same country, you know? And then amongst themselves, even you see people not wanting to marry from the same country because they're from the same tribe. What nonsense is that? How do you come on something like that? Allah has created us in different tribes, in different colors, in different, in order to recognize each other, to come close to each other, to actually find out about each other. That is a, the beauty of life, mashallah. Beautiful. you know. And that's why I think when I look at people who have never traveled, for example, I pity them. I pity them. I honestly pity them. People have never traveled. People have not experienced other cultures and other religions other other languages. I pity them. I'm sorry. But you haven't experienced life you haven't, you haven't, and it is exciting, life in itself is exciting, and um, I really, I feel full of energy, I mean, I am I just turned 49, by the way, just some days ago, two, three days ago, oh, um, and alhamdulillah, and many people say, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't tell that you're 49, you wouldn't tell that you're nearly 50, um, um, I'm full of energy still, and I, I, I love being in contact with people, socializing, and really being out there. And I think I would die if I had no, if I had a day that I would have to stay alone at home or whatever, I would die. I think uh, work is very important to me, but work that I love is very important to me. Um, Family is very important to me. And having this rich uh, surrounding that I have. I mean, if you were, if you spend a week in my home, you will hear, within a week, you will hear six different languages, okay? You will see, um, um, you will have WhatsApp contacts from all over the world. You will see my my mother being from Germany, my uh, sister being somewhere in Holland, you know, uh, my contacts that I have (laughs) in Asia. It's crazy. And I love this. This is something I love. I feel that I, vibrant, it's it's, it's a vibrant lifestyle and I love it. And as I said, I would, I think I would die if I didn't have a chance to do that. Um, and that's why I find it extremely important, what we said before, that uh, discover each other and, and live with each other in a way. And I think a family, a family should have this chance and uh, the possibility to, 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 to have a very vibrant uh, family life, mashallah. Otherwise, I would say it's boring. It's boring. And I think rediscovering and discovering your roots and discovering your history and everything is all part of it. Uh, so that's why I think I've ended up where I am now, mashallah, and uh, I've become independent myself, actually, I used to work for colleges and universities before, I'm now working on my own for the last four or five years, and uh, I'm loving it, I'm absolutely, I cannot imagine anything else, so that's it, think
0: I think, <laughs> I think the, the profound
1: effect that geography has on history,
0: right, because you were talking about history, and now now we're talking about geography, and it all comes together, subhanallah.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's very, very important. I mean, um, uh, people forget this, um, that, that, that when we talk about history, we're talking about different cultures, different, different backgrounds, different peoples and, and, and their history. And history is not just a specific type of history. It is, as we said before, every type of history, every people's history is history and uh, should, should, should be given special attention. And every people have, had had actually a history in the past. Allah has given everybody the chance once to be up there, and they all once fell, as we know. You know the Roman Empire, the ancient Greeks, the Egyptians, uh, the Babylonians, the Assyrians. All of them once a massive, had a massive empire. What happened to them? They fell, of course. And that's the main thing that we have to learn from them, mashallah.
2: Allah. Um, we were just talking about uh, in, in our last uh, in our last session, we were talking about how Allah says in the Quran that he, he created different types of people so that they can get to know each other, subhanAllah. And now we have this like tribalistic manner and nationalistic manner, subhanAllah. Um, I actually, I was rejected because you're talking about marriage and, and marrying within or without uh, your tribe and all that. I was rejected uh, once a few years back because um, the people were Afghan and I was Palestinian just like just that alone and i was oh, like, like her family right yeah yeah Man. just that alone i was like subhanallah you dodged the bullet bro yeah alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah i did alhamdulillah but um it's a real problem nowadays it's well, it's a real issue but um subhanallah what i was gonna ask before was where should a person looking to study history start would they literally start with adam in the quran or
1: where It depends. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, It depends a lot. I mean, you do have a certain interest. Let's say you're interested in, even if you start with yourself, let's say you come from the Middle East. Take a look at the history of the Middle East. I would start there. Take a look at actually um, um, what is your background, where do you come from? And from there on, I would move move my way around. So um, let's just say Egypt. Let's just say I'm Egyptian and I'm looking into the the history of Egypt or the background that Egypt had. There you will discover, first of all, that Egypt was not always a country as it is nowadays, that it is part of Africa, that it is part of the Middle East. And that again, opens your mind to move on. You from Egypt will automatically have to move to the Middle East, you will automatically have to move to Africa. So there you are, and you're on two continents automatically. That brings you further into their different history. You find out that African history, for example, or oh, thousands of years, millions of years of African history, uh, which people don't deny nowadays, by the way, um, you find out that, and that in itself will keep you very busy. And you will see yourself, I mean, if you are a person who is more interested in in um, what's happening, what's going on in, in the West, then you will automatically move on towards the history of, of, of the West or certain countries in the West. Um, so, But I would start with myself, I would start with your background, your roots. Start with that, and then we lead you towards other uh, cultures and people.
3: How do you find that out? Because I've been listen, I I did the I did the ancestry.com. I think that was the dumbest thing ever, man. Because it's like it just it told me something that I could look on Google and figure out for myself. Okay. But like how would one find out their roots if they're mutts?
1: Well look, in your case, mashallah, you're from Puerto Rico, mashallah. I mean Puerto Rico, as you said yourself, you know, that's a mix of people, African european whatever else different origin spanish of course so um, if you go back if you look at puerto rico itself the country going back to 200 years let's say um you go to spain you go to al andalus you know you go to this part of the world as well and you will find out the architectural background for example in puerto rico uh, as in mexico as in many parts of south america you will find the typical andalusian style okay architecture so that, again, um, will bring you closer closer to your home country. You will understand, oh, that's where these people came from. That's what they brought with them. And that was Al-Andalus. Al-Andalus basically was a Muslim empire, Muslim Muslim region of the world in Europe. That is in Europe. And that brings you closer to, hey, how did Islam come to Europe? What happened there, actually? Yeah. We're not talking about the Middle East here. No? We're talking about Europe. We're talking about Spain, Portugal. And these very people came over to the Caribbean and to the Americas. And they brought with them. Islam as well as they brought all their cultures with them. And that's what developed into what is now as now Puerto Rico. And next to this one, you're also an American citizen. So being Puerto Rican is part of, of, of the US. So you see how the one brings the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and that's how you find out. And again, I mean, alhamdulillah, we're all open-minded people here. So just look further. That will bring you into more, many, many more other things, so, and many, many more details. History is massive. You just need to know where to start. And I Mm. think ideal, start with that, start with Puerto Rico. Look at actually actually how was Puerto Rico so-called discovered by the Europeans, by the Spaniards first. And what happened before? Might there be that there was a Muslim history before? And there was, by the way, a Muslim history before, indeed. You know, in the Caribbean, South America, North America, you will find, even in Canada, there have been Muslims. Muslims were there before Christopher Columbus arrived. Actually, everybody was there before Christopher Columbus. Columbus is just taking the, you know, the, everybody thinks Columbus is the one who discovered the world. But in the end, everybody was there already before, long before Christopher Columbus. Even the Vikings, imagine that. Even the Vikings, they were in North America before Christopher Columbus. So, <laughs> so basically, all the, these, these ideas that we have nowadays, <clears throat> and are celebrated even, you know? I mean, that's ridiculous. I have to laugh every time when they celebrate Columbus Day, whatever they call it. Um, I mean, what are you celebrating there? You know, the genocide of, 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 of two continents, of, of peoples. What are you celebrating there? What exactly are these people celebrating, you know? Um, you know I, that, that in itself is already crazy. So, yeah, this is all part of your history as well. This is all part of your specific history. Of course, the other two brothers, they have also another background. However, their histories as well um, is also part of Canadian history. So, yes, this is all part in Canada in itself. Being, I respect Canada very much, mashaAllah. It's really a very, it's a country that is very open, it has become by the way. Okay, let's not. It's not a country that was like this. It has become an open country nowadays. Tolerance towards other people and other religions and cultures and everything, mashaAllah, beautiful. However, it was not always like this. Okay, so the white-only policy in Australia also existed in Canada once. Okay, when they wanted just white people coming from Europe, right? Um, But as uneducated as these people were and still are, um, they took white people from Europe, but they forgot that these white Bosnians and Turks who came over were actually Muslims. So now if you look at Australian society, for example, you see a massive amount of Muslims coming from the Balkan Peninsula, having established Islam in Australia, although they didn't come from Indonesia, Asia, or Africa, whatever else. So you see that shows Europeans in general, are very uneducated people with regards to people and cultures because they always felt themselves being better than others. The superiority complex that the European has, and I think I can say that as a European, as a double European, um, this is something no other people have. Nobody else has. And I always um, say when, when Allah created Iblis, when actually Allah created Adam and then Iblis saw him, what did Iblis say? Why do you do that? Allah? Why are you doing that? I mean, do you need to do that? We are paraphrasing, of course. And I think, I believe that Iblis was a European. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe, you know, if you look at where Europeans have gone and what they have done, honestly, 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 what exactly were the positive results of European arrival in the rest of the world?
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah supposedly it was uh, supposedly they were going to spread Christianity, yes. but it was really to civilization, no, colonialism. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes, That's absolutely. I mean, right. the idea was uh, the white man's burden, isn't it? So they felt that they had to go to Africa to spread civilization, which is part of, well, they thought Christianity was that. uh, So they the same they did. They went and destroyed whole whole entire continents. I mean, the same in Australia, um, the same in in the Americas. So what exactly I mean, we have created Europeans have created now um, a world um, which is a copy of Europe in many ways. um, And it is actually quite a miracle that we still have black people in Africa. Um, but um, that most probably only because they were quite resilient, okay. Whereas others died away. You know, if you look at Native Americans, for example, if you look at Australian Aborigines, you see that they are living like animals, basically in in, in, in ghettos in Australia and in the Americas and whatever. But uh, Africa, Alhamdulillah, is still the only continent that still has African people, black people, more or less. Whereas in Asia, Alhamdulillah. We also do have some Asian people there, but other countries have become, actually, have turned, are turning already. Mm. So um, it is, honestly, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, I believe that um, um, Europeans have really created a lot of problems that we have nowadays in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you cannot fix that anymore. How can you fix a, a continent, country, an area, territory, which was built on blood? What do you do? How do you go back? Okay. Don't. Mm. I mean, Puerto Rico was built on blood. Okay. The Caribbean was built on blood. North America was built on blood. South America was built on blood. They destroyed and killed the original people who were living there and replaced them with another people. And you know that one of the biggest theory of these right-wing extremists people in Europe, for example, who are talking about the replacement theory. They know what they're talking about because their ancestors did it already to others. So they're now saying, Muslims come over to Europe and soon we will be replaced by these Muslims because they're Muslim hordes, as they call them. Muslim hordes coming to Europe, replacing, uh, you know, raping our women or marrying them, making them Muslim. These are the things that they're saying. Okay, and soon the white European um, majority will become a minority. This is a typical... uh, belief of the, the, the right-wing media by the way and if you look at America if you look at the idea uh, that, that white people actually in, in, in America have a problem with um, other people coming over and migrating simply because they are scared that too soon they will become a minority which they are actually already um, somehow because of their superiority feeling believing that there's something better than people of color okay um, that of course is something that has been created throughout the last centuries, okay? We've come to that point now.
3: <laughs> Man. That, I don't know honestly, how mind-blowing
1: this is what I just said, but anyway. Yeah, no, no, it,
3: it's it's crazy because look, I, my mind is wild. I, I don't got to explain that to you guys, but my mind is wild. And um, whenever I have free time, I start to like think very like in depth into things and sometimes i might even go into do some research but um what you said about like just the mix and all all the stuff that's happening it makes me think of this one thing that i've been thinking about for years now and that's the fact that you have different races and different uh, people living in different areas in this world right you got some people living in the mountain areas you have some people living in the tropics some people living in the sahara the desert some people living in Antarctica, like all this stuff. You have all these different uh, ecosystems. And when people live in an ecosystem, their body adapts and they have certain traits that allow them to uh, survive and just live better in these circumstances. Like people who live in the mountains. Um, I know that a, an adaptation is their nose becomes more uh, more narrow. So they can actually take in that air and it won't affect them the same way they um, they can handle the, um, the air pressure, I believe it's the air pressure. I might be, you know, mixing that up. But then you have people in the desert and supposedly people who come from the desert are more taller or at least just long and lanky. They have long, lanky bodies so that they can sweat and cool themselves down. And they have uh, a bit wider noses so that they can uh, get oxygen with all the heat and uh, well, I'm not going to say humidity because it's dry. But you understand, and then people who live in the tropics, they have stuff. Then you have the Africans who live in the desert. I mean, or in the Sahara. Look at their skin. Look at their skin. That's that's a perfect indicator right there. And like what you're saying perfectly ties into this, where it's like if you have all these different people that have combined together, like for instance, a, a Puerto Rican, it's a it's a it's a mixture of all these things. Like, well, what do they have? What what are the traits that they have, and then you got these other people over here. What traits do they have? Like, I don't know, but that's what you invoked in my head. And I think I think that's crazy.
1: <laughs> it makes you think about your people, right? It makes you think about yeah. yourself. But yeah. look, the thing is, um, if you look at um, uh, Puerto Rican society or society in, in South America, the Caribbean, you see that uh, they've become obviously unnaturally, if you want to use that term, unnaturally mixed. Now, do you you just... It it was obviously a forceful uh, situation, history. They took people from Africa, just put them there to work for them. White people were there, European people had a certain uh, interest of being there. Uh, They took people from India, put them and so on and so on. So this mix developed not because of migration, of natural migration, which is a natural thing in humanity Mm -hmm. and mankind, but it was a forceful situation. And they created um, nations and countries which again, the idea of a nation is something very new. It's the last the last 200 years that we developed having an idea of a nation, the way that we think of a nation, a closed border uh, or a, cl- a closed territory with borders surrounding them. And uh, people who have the same language, the same culture, same religion in this territory, which is an, 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 an ideal, okay, of, of the French Revolution, 1789, and after them they wanted actually people to believe in the ideal of a nation, belonging to a nation, being part of, of, of a nation territory, <clears throat> so that we all, all these people of this specific nation speak the same language, have the same culture, the same background. But this is again, it's, 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 it's not true. That is not, there is no nation like this on this planet. Not one nation you can show me which is Homogeneous, which is one nation having the same people, the same color, the same religion. So, not one nation does exist. Not one. So, we are living in nation states nowadays, which is unnatural. This in itself is unnatural. The 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 way that we're living nowadays that we have developed is unnatural. You know, because there is no nation like this that has one one people, one nation. It's nothing like that. So the natural thing is exactly what Allah describes. That's why He 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 created different type of people. Okay, so we are supposed to actually recognize each other and you know be with each other in contact and 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 learn from each other. That is definitely a part part of why we are developed, where we are, um, we, we were created in in different ways. Okay, but in the end, we are all the same people. I mean, we all have noses and eyes and. and and legs and, and feet and everything. So it's all the same in the end. It's just that specific, you know, as you mentioned before, Akhalim, that we adopt to our surrounding. And, and that's why certain people have this color and that color and whatever. Yes, but in the end, Adam was created by all people's color, by all, by the sand, by the different types of sand, or different, um, um, uh, yeah, part, part of, of the earth. So uh, that in itself, again, tells you that we are all one race. We are all one race. There is nothing like different races. There's one race. We're not different races. It's a human race, you know. But we can learn from different cultures and different civilizations. We should never feel that because I belong to a certain culture or a certain civilization, I know everything now and I can teach everybody else everything. No, we can learn from each other, from the deepest bush people we can learn.
3: Yeah, watch someone take what you said about Adam being uh, all races out of context, and then be like, "Oh well, Adam was all races, so therefore he was a rainbow, so therefore he was gay, and therefore LGBTQ." <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, that's the world we live in today, bro. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, someone
1: will do that. Someone will do that. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's <laughs> that was not at all my idea, but okay. <laughs> yes yes Saint. nowadays that might happen yes that that might happen
0: yes yeah yes. this shakes at this therefore that equals this and then now i'm this i
1: don't know man i've i've heard this too too many times man
3: you're right yeah one plus one equals five
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well it's not too far away from the christian uh, one plus one is three isn't it oh. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> one, 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 plus one plus one is one isn't it yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah there we go yeah, I heard yeah.
0: someone say uh, I think Rami told me this. that somebody commented for the Trinitarianism that it's one times one times one equals one yeah. is it okay I was <laughs> like who told you you gotta multiply it bro
1: <laughs> that is a very interesting one that's a new one I didn't hear that before it is a new oh, one yeah. <laughs> so they have to always justify something of course so one times one one times one yeah that's, that's right that's correct yeah. So, yes, mashallah. <laughs> but uh, does anybody of you have a Christian background? Yet?
3: I grew up where well, you pointed at Fayed, Rami. Oh, on my <laughs> screen, you're down here. Okay, yeah, I um I was born Catholic. Okay. And um, I kind of went into Christianity throughout my life, um, several years. But it was like, there was always something that prohibited me from fully being immersed in it and I feel like it was because something inside of me knew like no this isn't exactly it this isn't it and I can feel that it's not it because when I read the Quran and I started to meditate after reading it like there was no if ands or buts, there was no doubts it was like this is it and as soon as like I rationalized in my head like this is it oh man Beautiful the feeling, feeling is
1: amazing, isn't it? Yep, yep, yep. It's amazing. And I think nobody who has ever gone through that will, will understand that. Nobody has ever experienced it. Mm. You know? Oh, that's true. Um, man. Yeah, much No, no, I mean, I fully, I, I'm, I'm just thinking back 30 years ago. And I thought I would never be able to experience it again. But at this very moment, at this very moment, as we're talking about it, I experienced my very first time I made sujud. I went, I was in, in Aachen in Germany, in a small town where I grew up. And we're Islamic center. Then. And I decided myself once on a Jum'ah to just follow these Muslims, to just go there to this place and just make ruku, Sujud, you know, just, just go up and down. I, I was in my Sujud and I started crying. I was like, what are you doing, man? What's wrong? You know, what's the matter with you? You know, what's, what's going on? You know, what is going on? The feeling, you know um you cannot describe it's, it's you got it's the same like somebody asked me how was your hajj uh, come on honestly no don't ask me this you can you, you cannot explain that you cannot explain that this is not yeah. something when i saw the Kaaba the first time in my life i just broke down i fell down and i started crying and i don't know if anybody had the chance to go to mecca but when you have please do i just broke down and cried and i have no idea why okay <laughs> It was a brother, actually, I was, um, the first time I was there was in Jeddah, and from Jeddah we went to Mecca the very first time with my family, and again, as I said, I just broke down and started crying, but the second time I went back, after many years, I went for Hajj, there was an Angolan brother next to me, and we were walking, and um, suddenly I was in the Haram, and suddenly there in front of me, there it was, that was the Kaaba. I had just fell down again and I just cried. It was like, no worries. Just cry, let it all out. He said to me, just cry, let it all out. That's exactly what you were waiting for. That is what you were waiting for, to be here and just let it all out, okay? And he just Beautiful. he just let me, he, I don't know how long it was. I was just crying like a little child. I, really, it was a long time that something like this happened okay? And I was just standing there and crying. Actually, I was lying on the ground crying. And he just let me do it. Just go ahead and don't, don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel embarrassed, that's how it is. Let it all out, SubhanAllah. So this is an experience that nobody, nobody who has never experienced it himself will never understand. So you cannot explain it. You can't explain it, impossible.
3: Mm. In my reverb video, cause I have my own YouTube channel and okay. I, I made a, a, a reverb video, just kind of explaining everything. And I tried my best put it into words what I felt and what I experienced and to this day like it it doesn't do it justice like when I hear it again and I I hear myself I'm like that wasn't really it though like it was just it was so much more than that and then man I have moments where I'm I'm doing uh Salah and I have I'm just hyper present like my mind is just completely tuned in to everything and and like i I still can't explain what i'm experiencing I could try to but it's it would be it would be a disservice for me to try to explain to everyone oh look this is happening here and then this over here and this over here because it's it's never going to be exactly what I experienced and it's like I don't remember who but I spoke to a brother and he's like oh was it um sheikh fahad I think it was sheikh fahad who said this where he was like um, whatever you think Allah is, that's not it. <laughs> it's like you you can never conceive it. Just like, um, maybe you could experience Allah, but you can never put it into words. You could experience something like this and you can never put it into words, but I think that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, again, you will never be able to put it to words. I don't think so. And, I'm, and I've stopped actually. When I'm asked, like, how was your heart or What You, you can... You know, experience it yourself. You cannot, that's it. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is the beauty of the Dean. And this is what I said at the beginning also the Dean is beautiful. It is so beautiful. I don't know. It's, you know, I remember my first discussions I've had with uh, my mother, for example, when I tried to explain to her listening to the other. How do you explain that? You know, um, and especially having. Clearly, I mean, she's a clear hater towards, she has a clear hater towards Islam. Um, but what, it has changed, alhamdulillah, the last couple of years. She even said to me, I've realized that just intelligent people accept the deen. She said to me, I realized that just people who have become Muslim are intelligent people, she said to me. I said, mom, you're also intelligent. I huh? said, so what's going on with her? Well, what about that? Then? You know, I got her that far, actually, nearly. She was lying in bed, I remember. And I said, mom, listen what is the problem to say the shahada? You believe in all this, what I tell you, right? So you see how my life is. Isn't my family life better than, or don't you want me to be the way I am? Am I not a happy person? Don't I have a good family life? So she said, yes. So I said, so what's your problem exactly? So I say shahada. She had the finger up. And subhanallah, shaitan put it down. Subhanallah. Subhanallah, this is unbelievable, you know, and I'm really happy, alhamdulillah, that my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, died as a Muslim on the deathbed. She said, shahadah, alhamdulillah. But this woman, subhanallah, this woman always was open towards Islam. I remember how she would come to our home and she would tell us what they do in Suriname, for example. Do you know that, I mean, in, in, in Suriname, they would close the windows, they would call their children inside with Maghreb. So when the time for Maghreb has come, they would call their children inside. And I'm like, why why were you doing that? I said, you know, she said, it's the time for the devils, she was saying to me. I said, mom, do you know that? I said, this is what we believe in Islam, the time of shaitan. She said, yes, I know that. My ancestors were believing that. I said, you know that your ancestors were Muslim. You know that. You know that you have lost your heritage. You know that, you know. She said, yeah, it might be. It might be. I don't know where I'm from originally. We don't know that. We were taken from Africa. We don't know. I said, yes. So, and alhamdulillah, this woman said shahada on her deathbed. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And I'm very happy about that, really. And that's what I keep telling my wife. I said, don't be, don't cry. Be happy. Alhamdulillah, be happy. Don't cry. Don't cry. It's good. The way she went, very good. Alhamdulillah. She deserved it. So, you know, subhanAllah. You know, there's so many things. <laughs> You know, if you think of uh, of life, uh, Subhanallah. I mean, what is what are the hundred years? Let's just say a hundred years of our life. You know, what do we have to do in this life? What is our what is the meaning of life? You know, is it running after women? Is it uh, having throwing one part after the other? You know, all these things we have done that. You know, we have all done that here. Yeah, I'm very sure. Mm-hmm. throwing one party after the other, and then you wake up the next morning, and you think like, what the heck did I do? What is all this about? Okay, what did I do? What's the meaning of life? You know, is this the meaning of life? Honestly? And then you become 40, 50, 60, and then what? Then what? You yeah. know, so subhanallah, subhanallah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah.
2: Alhamdulillah. Oh,
0: Allah. I'm just. Rami, busy.
3: what were you, you going to say like way before <laughs> Maybe I cut you off? <laughs>
2: No, I think I asked it. I asked it. I asked, um, "Where should someone start learning history?" And he said, that you "Start with their okay. own history and where they come from." Okay. Okay. Yeah. Subhanallah.
0: You know what I'm what I'm thinking was going through my head. Mm. That we have plans, but Allah's plan is always better. For example, I had no idea who this wonderful, you know, speaker that we have in front of us just just. Telling us and sharing us all these different things, giving us these paradigm shifts, this new way of thinking. And I'm sure you yourself, you you haven't heard of us. But somehow, somewhere, you know, one of your assistants, Alhamdulillah, found us on, on, on YouTube, got in touch with us, and now we're here today. Everything happens for a reason. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we know it. Yes. And it's absolutely. like we didn't know how much we needed you on this podcast for inshallah so many people to see until we got you here we didn't even know you existed and it's just allah's plan Allah. Alhamdulillah.
1: man yeah, i just he works in mysterious ways yes
0: yeah let me let me let me throw in one last thing when you when you become present and, and cognizant of allah's signs that's a game changer too so for example we had uh somebody comment hey you should get dr Steph caris on your show and we were like okay, I've, I've never heard of that, but everyone you know, recommends these people and then I, I look into them. But you know, I haven't maybe uh, looked in a, uh, into you and uh, usually don't look into most people because usually we have you know, you know, well ahead of weeks of just episode topics and ideas. But somebody else commented, I was like, okay, hey, whoa, that's enough. Two, pe- two, two people commented. Okay, another one, another one, another one. And then it, you became one of the most you know, commented person to get on the show alhamdulillah and then uh i think even yesterday we got another brother um he's a youtuber he has you know a lot of a lot of uh, subs we got him on too and i i posted like a snippet of that and somebody commented on that you should get dr Steph cares again and (laughs) yesterday i already i already knew like we have you for today subhanallah alhamdulillah it's a pleasure being here
1: honestly it's a pleasure Um, As I said before, because I like the ideas. I mean, I like the way that uh, the show goes. It's not some kind of, um, as I said, having some academics there and talking about, you know, the books that we wrote and how proud we are of ourselves. No, there's more to it. It goes very deep. And I like actually the way that it has moved. We are talking about our experiences. And Angel especially mentioned his experience, which I I understood fully. I, I am there. You know, I'm like, I'm with him. And I think, by the way, it has clicked very much between us, too, mashallah. So really, I mean, I can really see that. So um, the experience that we have had in our lives, you know, why, what pushed us towards Islam um, and uh, why we are the, at the stage that we are now, um, they're so similar. Um, and I think many River brothers understand that and see that themselves and... Um, it is, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. And it is always something different when you talk to somebody who has accepted the, the Dean, the faith. Um, It is, um, it's, 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 yeah, again, you cannot express this in words. I mean, it's, it's Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: amazing. Really. And uh, yesterday's episode that we had with the, with the brother, um, with the YouTuber when, you know, Angel asked him a question, period, point blank, are you at peace? And, You know, what we talked about, that's not relevant. My point is, after that recording, I was just meditating. I was just thinking and reflecting on, you know, as I usually do based on our previous recordings. And I was just thinking, like, if somebody asked me that before Islam, you know, in my jahiliya, are you at peace? I would say no. I would say the same thing that most people would say. No. After Islam, see, I'm not going to say I'm going to go to Jannah because nobody has guarantee that they're going to go to Jannah. Right, we can all and and I and I like that because it keeps us down to earth and humble. Right. But if no matter what I've done in the past, I've repented, whatever. If somebody asks me right now, as a Muslim, as a believing Muslim, not blind faith, not you know brainwashing or anything, but firm who I am now. If somebody asks me, "Are you at peace?" Hundred times, hundred percent, I'm gonna say yeah, hundred percent. And and I'm sure you guys can all agree. And it's an insane feeling, like you said, um, you know. In, you have to experience it and believe that and go through that experience. Mm -hmm. It's not something that, you know, we should tell people, Oh, you know, one day, you know, it's going to feel like this. I'm going to ask you after the shahada. It doesn't end with the shahada. Like once you truly get that feeling, it clicks. It's surreal. SubhanAllah. Mm -hmm.
3: And it's not to say that we're not going to experience the difficulty that we won't experience depression, that we won't experience anxiety, that we won't experience anger, that we won't experience tough times. But it's just that we experience them, but we have the peace that comes through the prayer and through the Dean. And like, I'm sorry, but I'm not, listen, I'm not gonna talk bad. I'm not gonna say anything bad about the guy that we were interviewing because I love the dude. I love the dude. I've been watching his content for years and I, I pray for him. You know, I hope he does find peace. I hope Allah does grant him that peace. But it's like, dude, Anytime I speak to someone who's Christian, Catholic, Buddhist, Hindu, um, New Age, spiritual people, like all these people, they may have their own little things, but it's like they still don't say that they're at peace. They still identify so much with the trials that they're going through with everything. And it's like, yeah, they might have little practices. They might have all these things. They might even have prayer. But they're still so identified with the struggle and the dunya that it's like once someone becomes a Muslim, and I should say not even Muslim, but like a real Muslim. And, and I, I it's weird for me to say that, but like you can you can have two Muslims, right? You can have one who's real, like he's he's proper, like he's he's he has the deen, he believes and he's actually living that lifestyle he's he's living that through and then you have someone who says they're muslim but they're not actually practicing they're not doing anything they're over here doing whatever they want as if they weren't muslim so it's like these two muslims are clearly different and the person who's actually living it through they're going to experience the peace that comes from the religion from the deen and from that lifestyle and again i just i think it's crazy
1: yeah, mashallah, absolutely. I mean, it is, it is again. These are all things that we're expressing now. Is what you feel is a lot. Is a lot that uh, you cannot express actually, You cannot utter. It's something that you feel, and that's something that you can just understand when you are in the dean. And the dean makes you a very special person. The dean makes you a very special person indeed. Of course, it does not mean that we're looking down on other people. That does not mean that we're discriminating against other people. That does not mean that. That's not what we're saying here. And every time, I was also asked by other Greeks, for example, so what, ha- how has your life improved actually? What has become better? I say, uh, how, long, how long do we have time to discuss that? You know, how long do you want to sit down <laughs> and discuss that with me? Um, the, the, the The simple way, just look at me, just, have a conversation and just find out actually um, 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 how um, stable i feel how balanced i feel in my life i actually feel very energetic rather i would say than balanced but um, um, uh, this is all part of the dean this is all that the dean gave me this is all something that um, i never had before okay i never had before and i mean i was very energetic i was young I enjoyed life, as I said, you know, according to the understanding of what life, enjoying life is for, for, for the average Westerner, but there's much more to life. And this is what we're enjoying now, rather. Enjoying and this is what I'm trying to give through to my children. And this is something that we need to do. We need to give through to our next generation that, of course, they need to experience it themselves. They need to make the mistakes. They need to learn from the mistakes. No doubt about it. That's how it should be. But they should also listen and take something from our experience and understanding from the from the Dean and from our life. And this is the task that we have now. And that's a big task. <laughs> we have a lot to do.
3: Yeah. And again, like you said, it's something that is experience. It's not something that you can hear someone say and be like, ah, okay. You know? So, and, and it sucks that it it is that way. It's amazing because we have to have our own um, subjective experience But it kind of sucks where you have a person who hasn't had the experience, but they're closed off to the experience because you can't fully express it to them. But I feel like even if you could express it to them, they still wouldn't catch on to it. You know, and it's like all they would have to do is experience it for themselves, but they're so closed off.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's so much to still talk about, but um, I think uh, we should come to... that was a fascinating introduction, yeah. but
0: nonetheless, to the series. Yeah.
1: Soon, inshallah, soon there's Ramadan coming upon us. Um, and, and and this is this is a, a very important time, I think I wanted to say that as well. Very important time to really reflect upon yourself, reflect upon the last year, reflect upon your life. What we do at home... Um, we always get the children and ourselves, we just sit down shortly before Ramadan, we put down three points that we want to reach by the end of Ramadan. So three uh, um, aims that we have, that's what we want to, I, I, let's say, for example, I want to learn surah. So by the end of Ramadan, I want to know this surah, or by the end of Ramadan, I want to have prayed with it okay and i want to keep it running after basically i would like to go on with with it so it's something that should make you a better person and try to keep uh, the aim low so that it you can fulfill it otherwise it's, it's it's disastrous if you cannot do that it will destroy actually ramallah So try to keep it low just simply you know learn a small surah or um read a part of the quran every day or whatever else comes up to you you know so this is something that Try to do that, inshallah. And this is, I think, a good time to 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 say it now at the beginning of Ramadan or shortly before Ramadan. Prepare for Ramadan in such a way. And, and 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 I'm looking forward to that. And I'm just hoping that the Ramadan will be better than last year when we had the whole Corona issue when when it was very, very difficult. The mosque actually closed that time. Alhamdulillah, at least now they're open. How is it over there? I mean, North America now at this moment. We have
0: Yeah, we're back into lockdown again. Back to right, right a week before Ramadan, uh, the government just said, we're going to close for one month. You tell me, you tell me if uh, they're connected. I don't know. <laughs> yes. SubhanAllah.
1: That. What to say? What to say? I don't know. I mean, I get wow, it. Because, I didn't
0: know you know, that. People won't be social distancing, you know, if thought. I get it. But I don't know, man. I think this is really blown out of proportion. Now it's like, have you got the vaccine yourself or no? No. No. And Maybe I think, do I'm not sure if this is 100%, but
1: to go to do Hajj now, you need a vaccine. Yes. Uh, according to, I think, the last thing that I heard from Mufti Mank, I think it was even...
0: From um, Saudi, yeah?
1: Yes. I don't he know, said, man, I don't actually, that uh, it has been confirmed, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Allah. Yeah. And that's the reason why, actually, we would all have to do it in the end. They tell you it's voluntary. What do you mean, volunteer? Well, where's a voluntary issue there when you when you have to do it to travel? I mean, who doesn't travel nowadays, you know? So Mm. I need to travel for my work next to this one, as you said. If I wanted to go to Saudi, if I wanted to go to again, if I wanted to go just to to, to visit it, you need to have the vaccine. So there you go.
3: Yeah, I don't like that because it's kind of like the Jews in the Holocaust. They marked them to know that they were the Jews. So you get the vaccine and then you're getting this thing on your passport that's letting them know, hey, this person took the vaccine. like, And we don't know what the vaccine does and we probably never will until like years and years from now. But literally, Mm -hmm. like you are marked. You are marked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what this is going to lead to at the end. I don't know the result of that, but it is really difficult. Um, The whole issue of the vaccine, the whole issue of this corona issue, I don't know what to say. Honestly, I don't know what to say. It's difficult, but we do have to adjust to a new normality. That's what they kept saying before already. There's going to be something new and new normality forever. It will never go back to the way it was.
3: So. Some people, some people say that the um the the vaccine, like when you you get the passport that says like you had the vaccine, they say that 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 not only are you marked, but they call that the mark of the beast. That it's like the time of the mark of the beast of like the end times and everything. So like kind of I hope it's not, but
2: let's be honest. Things have already been going downhill. Mm. I I think it's safe to say it's not the literal like sign of one. Yeah, end. yeah. But I and- will
0: say I will say if, if I had to pick between you know, you know the end of times, you know the jail, all that that's far away, or you know we're very we're approaching the end. I would go with the latter, hundred percent. There's there's no denying you know, there's not going to be too much time left, but who knows, man, subhanAllah, it's not in our place to say when or where, but it's the way things are going with this COVID. They're getting in the way of, you know, it's not voluntary. You don't need to get it. You know, you can still live your life, but I can't really do that. If I can't practice my religion, do pilgrimage, I can't really go, you know, there's, there's one thing saying I can't go to my school, right? For example, I'm in first year of grad school. I finished year one and I've never even seen my campus. Right, all schools are shut down. It's all online. Um, I can't go out to eat. Okay, makes sense. I'll, I'll leave outside. Oh, now I can't go outside because now there's a stay-at-home order, so you can't even leave the house. Okay, cool. Um, I'll just, I'll just, I can't go to the masjid now. Okay, I can't fly now. You can fly, right? They can't legally tell you not to fly, but if you if you leave the country, you gotta pay two thousand dollars to come back, in Canada at least. So I won't fly. Right. So I don't know, man. Subhanallah. Just. It's getting more and more oppressive and restrictive in the name of being liberalized and free.
1: Yeah, instead of going forward, they're going backwards, actually. That's that's for sure. That's how it is, alhamdulillah. I don't know. That that's, that's why I actually, you know, I, every time... This has become topic number one, of course, of discussion, which is obvious why. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, indeed, I had hoped that this year would be uh, a year where we could travel again a year of being able to uh, to go abroad. But until the day after today, until now, actually, I guess we are in, in April. I haven't seen, I have been, uh, I haven't been inside of the plane since last March, 2020. And this is abnormal for me. Normally I would be every month somewhere else. And at this moment I haven't been traveling for the last more than a year. Um, how long is this going to last? And this affects also financially, because don't forget that um, when I travel, I don't travel, it's on a holiday. I'm going to give lectures. I sell my books. I, 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 I It's financially uh, very important to me. So it has mm-hmm. affected us all. It has affected us all. Yeah. And I'm just hoping that we're going back to normal. I just hope that there will be a kind of normality again. That's all we can say.
0: Inshallah. Uh, Inshallah. Uh, if has made it this far, write down has hashtag marked. travel. And uh, we thank you so much. I just wanted to get one point out there that... Um, Actually, you know what? No, nah, I will not even say it. We'll Bro, say it hashtag, week, so.
3: hashtag travel and hashtag marked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. We'll it was a
3: very good talk, bro. Mashallah.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like I
3: said in the beginning, before we even started the video, vibe with you, brother. I got love for you. I think, Wallahi, you have uh, an amazing energy, bro. Amazing <laughs> energy.
1: <laughs> Just like Just like I hope we'll see each other there, inshallah. Life. So we can also touch each other, inshallah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, inshallah. inshallah. I really, I really, I'm looking forward to that, inshallah. Uh, but, right. you, but, but actually, you're in Florida, man. You must have great weather down there. Come on. Can, oh, well, right
3: now, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but it got really dark because it's about to be a thunderstorm. But oh, um, okay. when you when you mentioned the whole COVID thing, I was going like this because uh, it's Alhamdulillah, it's actually not bad at all. Y'all are Florida. lucky, bro. Yeah. yeah, I'm over here able to do my martial arts training. Where it's really? like face to face. Yeah. And listen, I'm I'm giving thanks to Allah every single day that I can do that because there's a lot of places where again, lockdown is still going on and people can't do martial arts. They can't wow. do that face wow. yeah. to face thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What happened? I said I can't even go to the mosque. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's no lockdown actually with you Is there uh-huh. There hasn't
3: been a lockdown since um, I, I want to say since like this time last year The the first mm-hmm. lockdown We had one lockdown for like Two to four weeks And that's it
0: mm-hmm. uh-huh.
3: Yeah, And then everything mm-hmm. just kind of started opening up But I mean if you guys look at the statistics Supposedly because Florida did that we had the the highest cases of COVID for like a very long period of time because we didn't implement the lockdown. But then again, like if you look at all the places that are still doing lockdowns, like y'all still got COVID. It's about the same, and
0: you guys, you guys, you guys are lower now than the than countries that are, or other states because you guys built what's called herd immunity, right? I know, um, you know, Doctor St. Chris. I'm sure you're, you know, you're a doctoral dude, your PhD, you've got your academic background. So when you when you see things that are like Clinical studies, right? Scientific literature, not he says, she says, things that are published, right? There's there's definitely they're they're legit, they're authentic. So, you know, there was a new research paper that I that I found. I just want to end it with this. Last week, my roommate sent it to me, and it says, one in three COVID survivors will get one diagnosed mental you know illness within the six months, within the first six months. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. One in three COVID survivors will get some mental illness from, from the virus. But here's the thing. Is correlation causation? Because could it just be from lockdown, from social isolation? Because anxiety, what they call anxiety, that's technically a disorder, but we all got anxiety, bro. We all got some type of depression, living at home, not, you know, so who knows? All I'm trying to say is, when you see one in three, um, you know, COVID survivors will get some mental illness within the six months, that's automatically going to get people more scared of COVID. But is it really that or is it the lockdown? Is it the quarantine? Is it the you know, social distancing? Whatever you want to
1: call it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we are social animals, right? So we would like to go out. I would like to be in a restaurant again. I've been in a restaurant since, since last year. I think February or something. Um, and I'm not talking about some kind of fancy things. I'm just talking about socializing with people, going in and have, some, have a meal together, for example um that is it, it does affect you and it will affect you and of course as you said just now i mean it's not COVID that affects you but it's the situation is <laughs> what you made out of that you know so it's not COVID necessarily but um allah you know i don't know i don't know the thing is let's we have to make a lot of dua a lot of dua really that things can go back to normality but the thing is, when they go back to normality for us, let's say they go back to normality in Europe, they go back to normality in North America, what about the rest of the world? I mean, if they cannot afford vaccines, let's just say, or if you cannot travel anymore to certain places because of the fear, again, this is an effect on, on you on psychologically. And this is, again, not healthy. So Allah alam, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to end up. I really don't know. Allah alam.
2: No one knows what's going to happen, but uh, safe to say it's going to go down in history. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Hashtag marked.
0: marked. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Until next time, uh, write down some stuff in the comments to all our viewers that you want to see in the series coming up with Dr. Steph Karras, inshallah, in the future, what different topics you want to see, things you have, questions, all that. Keep them in mind uh, and stay tuned for that. Rami, I'm ended off, but just like a here for making the time to come in this episode, spit your truth, share your life, share your feelings, and be relatable, and you know, share stuff that's easily digestible, so people don't lose track. You know, as 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 a content creator now, I feel like you know. When you make an episode, we can tell which ones are going to have higher engagement, right? So, for example, this episode, as we're recording, I could tell a lot of people are going to stick through when most other videos they might have clicked out, you know, because there was a good pace, there was good momentum. So, thank you for that.
1: Barak Allah, indeed. It was an honor and a pleasure being here. And inshallah, first but not last time. So, I definitely am looking forward to the next time. And uh, yes, well, let's let's enjoy as much as we can because let's forget the whole lockdown things. Inshallah, inshallah this will go once and then we will be able to also greet each other like inshallah.
2: Inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. look forward to that. Inshallah. inshallah, ya Rab. All right, alhamdulillah, jazakallah khair uh, to you and to all the viewers. Um, may Allah bless you all. Allahumma ameen. With that being said, Allahumma atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adhabi nar. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: As-salamu.